plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. Nope, don't know what goes here yet, but we're here to talk magic. How you doing today, Matt? I'm doing well. I think eventually, if we ever get a like a sponsor, that's what we'll put there. We'll be like, we're proud members of the insert mana traders plug yeah. podcast that's what'll go right there the arby's hunger group <laughs> right get a meat mountain which by the way is delicious <laughs> i've absolutely had a meat mountain it's amazing uh i am not sponsored in any way by arby's but arby's, there's even us. they have their breaded like chicken strips there's yeah. chicken strips on it it's every meat they have on a sandwich <laughs> It's like six inches tall. Arby's, please sponsor us. <laughs> well, apparently they. Uh, the only reason I really brought that up, there was it could have been just a like a gag or something, but I saw some meme on I think it was Reddit, uh, where like Arby's made like a magic spoof, and they're like, "You're gonna need a meat mountain for I this." I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, Arby's and magic are. I think Julian was like, "Oh, the the new uh, universe is beyond." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking Arby's. There's a land. It's called Meat Mountain. <laughs> it produces red and black for blood and diarrhea. Oh man, I remember that. I kept waiting, and I I kept waiting for the Las Vegas Arby's uh, Twitter to put a thing up, being like, "You can play here for the low, low price of a number two. Right. No need to pay three fifty to play Magic here." Oh my gosh, I don't know if we'll get a chance to touch on it, but that whole event was yeah. just a clusterfuck. The it definitely left a lot to be desired it sounds like for for i'm not i'm not saying that a magic event can't have some fuck ups but when you're going to when you're presenting it as such a premier event with the price tag to go with it right so i expect better it's been a while since we talked about it and i didn't really uh i haven't looked at it since it do you remember how much it cost to walk in the door I think a, I think a entry. To, I think it was like between a hundred and a hundred and fifty to get in with just nothing to, extra, right, just to walk in the door. And I know um, for a fact, if you wanted to get in and and uh, be guaranteed access to the command zone, it was three fifty, right? Was which was the running joke. It was a running joke. I yeah. think it was. I think so. I'm kind of playing backwards math a little bit. Um, I want to say that I heard someone say it was a hundred dollars more than general admission, meaning that general admission was probably closer to two hundred to two fifty. And we're then you get the chance at opening. Proxies, Proc no, two hundred and fifty dollars. We don't it don't delineate between real and fake cards. Right. Actually, the funny thing is, I'm not even sure if proxies does it credit because, like, it's a, kind of an insult to a proxy <laughs> to call those things proxies because proxies are basically free. I mean, they're yeah. not free, but they're basically they're pretty free. close. So, like, it depends on what you qualify as a proxy, but I, a lookalike, we'll call them lookalikes. Yeah. It's pretty insulting, right? Because a lookalike takes a little bit of ink, right? You can go to Staples and get lookalikes. But uh, anywho, aside from just ragging on the 30th anniversary of Magic, woohoo! I've been there for like 24, 27, some, somewhere in that range. I've missed only the first couple years of Magic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> never thought, I, thought yeah. I'd see that kind of stuff. But... Just to clarify, my complaints aren't that the event had issues. Because if I, if I go to an event and I pay 40 bucks to get in and there's issues, I get it. If I pay $300 to walk in the door... Imagine if you pay three hundred dollars for a dinner, and then the food sucks. Or how about imagine you pay three hundred dollars for a concert? Mm -hmm. I expect a level of professionalism and premiumness, and there were too many mistakes. Well, apparently you can pay twelve hundred dollars for Blink One Eighty Two tickets. I would not do that. I'm a decent Blink One Eighty Two fan, and they they got back I, together. I would, but I'm waiting in the mail to get my Magic Thirty. Uh, 
Black Lotus gotcha. packs. That's that's smart. I spent it already. I don't know. That's so that's we should put up a poll. Which is a worse value? Watching Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> Going to a Blink One Eighty Two concert for twelve hundred dollars because I love I love them. There, I'm a big fan. Yeah. They are horrible live, and they've <laughs> really? only gotten worse. Oh, good. <laughs> like, the last video I watched of them live, Tom DeLonge looks so disinterested and bored. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I'm just like, I can't even, yeah, I okay. couldn't watch it for free. Or? Or fake magic cards. Fake magic cards. We don't, hey, we don't delineate between real and fake I cards, do. Matt. They're fake cards. So, <clears throat> again, aside from the just poking fun of magic, uh... What did I do this weekend? Had a hell of a week at work so far. Yeah, been busy at work. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something this weekend. You didn't hang out with me. I didn't. Uh, I played a little bit of Apex, but I didn't do nothing. Oh, I play. I played a decent amount of Satisfactory still, although I haven't played it in a couple days. Yeah, I took um, the weekend off. I bet. I was like, I bet Matt's mad at me for not playing Satisfactory. No, nope, I've got a, a list of things for you to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like a list, uh, just a notepad of like things I need shipped to different locations. Mm, I'm gotcha. like, I need this here and this here and this here and this here. I'll work on that. Yep. Until I get those, then I can, you know, start progressing. Um, so I did. This wasn't over the weekend, but for the fans who've been listening for a while, I've started playing Final Fantasy XI again. Oh. Now, kind back of on that grind. dipping my toe into it a little bit, um, my friend uh, Ashley from the Family Gathering podcast has decided to play with me. Hey, that's so, awesome. Uh, she started her character over again, and so we're, we've got a, a lot to do, Yep. but it's just basically an opportunity to hang out, and like, one of my favorite things about it is like, and this is just speaks to basically any activities, like, it's nice to have like... You're hanging out with a friend and you're just watching TV. That's one thing. But like when you're working together towards a common goal, yeah, it helps. Definitely helps uh, stimulate the conversation. Yeah, and stimulate. It, you bond a little bit. You it go makes through. you a little more excited to go do it. Yeah. So um, it'll be nice to have somebody to play with. It piques my interest in it because like that game is kind of always bubbling beneath the surface for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm like I'm just ready to play it. I just yeah. need someone to play with. And uh, she was just like, hey. Uh, she finally just sent ready. me a text, like a, a screenshot of her character. And I was like, yes, hey, there <laughs> we're doing you go. this. Nice. Awesome, so I just awesome. like ran downstairs, activated my account, which I forgot my password. So <laughs> I had to figure that out. But, of course. Um, so I've been poking around with that a little bit. I haven't like really fully like dove back into it yet because it's just it happened on I think it was Monday. So like or like Sunday night or something like that. So like I haven't had a chance to play a ton because work's been pretty busy. But. So any of the people who uh, who have been listening, any of our fans that loved hearing me rant about Final Fantasy XI, there's a solid chance some of those rants will be coming back. Gonna be gonna be a thing again, huh? Be a mix between satisfactory rants and Final Fantasy XI rants. We need to get nuclear power going. Like I'm tired of not having done that, mm. and we're basically on that cusp. I just okay. need so like I got to make some like different types of acid and stuff like that we've done before, but we're right. We've got it all unlocked. We need to, even if we brick the world with nuclear waste, we need to actually do right. nuclear power. I'll get working on that in a couple of days because I don't yeah. do anything uh, Thursday or Friday. I don't do anything, yeah. so I can probably work on it tomorrow. But yeah, I'll get I'll get a list together of stuff you can transport around with your trains, and uh, yeah. But yeah, that's basically it. Satisfactory in Final Fantasy XI. No real news yep. otherwise. For me, I went to that event on Saturday. Uh, it was funny. My my wife actually asked if she could come watch. She had some stuff to do. That actually she ended up not working, but she slept in because I had to get up pretty early. I had to do a plasma, and then I went and did the event. And she said, "What time should I get there?" And I said, "Well, the event starts at noon, 
and it'll probably run 50 minute rounds, you know, probably run four or five hours at least. Yeah. But if you want to be for sure and make me and watch me play, you need to be there in the first two rounds. <laughs> and there's a very real chance I'm going to go 0-2 drop. Yeah. And sure as shit went 0-2 drop. <laughs> game one was fine. I played against uh, like a crackling Drake fling deck mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, games one and two were pretty close. I ended up winning game two with some very lucky draws. Uh, and then by the time by, by game three, like what ended up happening is one of us drew sideboard cards. It didn't it didn't work out for me in my favor. And then game two or round some two, some graveyard I, hate against you, or uh, just some good removal, some okay. good uh, some good uh, mass removal, some good answers, some good graveyard hate, a lot of removal actually. He bored into a lot of removal and just just took out took care of key pieces. Gotcha. And like with a, a if braid you're playing being a big one, a braid a braid hitting every component of the deck. Yeah, it's just like a two mana answer to every yeah. card in your Did deck. It, yeah. And then uh, round two was mono green, uh, devotion, and just kind of got curb stomped. Yeah. It's a good deck. Uh, my deck kind of stumbled. Arguably so. the best deck. Yep. So nothing happened there. So kind of le- went left home. Nothing. Nothing huge happened. Had a good day on Monday instead. I changed it to. A, I made it a little more mid rangey, and then uh, had a good day on Monday. Um, I didn't tell you this, but I got bad news. Uh, so all my friends that I go to plumbing school with, guess what they like to play. Yu-Gi-Oh! Call of Duty and Apex. Cool. I've seen you on uh, Apex yeah. on Steam. So I've got a group chat of like six, seven people. They're all balls deep in Modern Warfare 2 right now, which I haven't. I'm gonna wait until Friday to buy because I'm a little short on cash. And guess how much Modern Warfare 2 costs? Eighty dollars. Seventy. Yeah. yeah. It's a regular game that just costs seventy instead of sixty. Yep. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna wait till Friday. I'm gonna probably pay that up. But I'm playing some Apex. I actually had. Um, I've never won a game of Apex. I don't think. Or we, I, we, when me, you, and Alex played, we won a few times. Did we win a few times? Yeah. Okay. I've certainly never. I led us to victory once. Did you? Did you yeah. bring it home? Yep. I've never won a game. And by I've led, ne- mean meaning I was in charge, and <laughs> you and Alex killed everything. I rarely do very well at those games at all, and I just had a game where I just got in the fucking zone, and I ended up going into the last bit. We had one of our guys disconnected. Mm-hmm. And the other dude ran up ahead to the last two squads, got downed. I went and I picked him up, and we kind of hunkered down. He peaked and died, and I soloed the whole fucking team. Nice. It was pretty fucking dope. I had a really good time. I actually won. Uh, and I mean, like, this is to no one who, everyone who's played Apex is better than me, but it was pretty fun. I had a yeah. good time. I That drives me, like, I get it. If you're going to play something with, like, 50 or 60 people on each side, and, like, your contributions yeah. rarely matter unless you're exceptional. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of going around doing your own thing. I just want to get in gunfights with people or whatever. Yep. Apex is specifically about it's like all team matters. play. It's units who can, it's three people who can operate as a unit yeah. and 99 times out of 100 the the group that does is going to win. Like that's what matters. So like so you're do DCing, obviously there's nothing either nobody yeah, can do anything about that. But then like Okay, well, now there's only two of us. Now yeah. we really need to team up here. Oh, and to give him some defense, I uh, while playing that, I had Apex crash like five times mm-hmm. where I had to restart. Uh, and I was actually talking to the dude in my last match who had the same thing. I was like, because you could restart and come back in. It yeah. just takes a long time. That's probably what happened to him. He was like, he told me that his game had crashed like six times that night. So they like pushed a new patch and games were just crashing all the time. I've been awful. meaning to ask you since you brought up first person shooters, have you touched Overwatch 2 yet? Or are you just kind of on the? I'm not. Are you just gonna leave that alone until it settles oh, down, or what? Man. Overwatch is. I've heard it's a clusterfuck. It's like Overwatch <laughs> like, is like my heroine. It's so bad for me, and I love it so much. Overwatch is, in my opinion, one of the most toxic communities I've ever been a part of on the internet, other than just like outward, like yeah. just like the the cesspits of Reddit. 
in terms of like people being assholes and throwing and just being rude and hateful and Overwatch is one of the worst places, period. On top of, it has not gotten good reviews. On top of, none of the friends that I now have that play these kinds of games want to play it at all. So I have not, and I probably won't. Just because now I have, I need to get back into Apex. One, a couple of guys play a bunch, yep. a bunch of Apex, and I, a bunch of them between are... Between Apex and Modern Warfare. They're balls deep in Modern Warfare too. so I'm pretty sure I'll be busy between those two. So I've only very briefly played Overwatch, but my understanding is they pulled the same thing they did with the Warcraft 3 like remaster thing, where Overwatch 2 oh, like replaces Overwatch. I so believe there so. there is no... Overwatch one anymore because nope. I checked on my launcher. Oh, I there was, is. I went to Overwatch two, which is Overwatch one point five. Right. Well, that's what I mean. But like, I checked on my launcher because I went to uninstall WoW. Yeah. And I was like, I clicked on Overwatch, and it's like I can install Overwatch two. Yep. But there is no Overwatch one anymore. There's so much. So like, you can't even. If, re- they ruined Overwatch one permanently. If, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Overwatch one wasn't that good to begin with. Uh, eventually, it got it got really well, bad. I know, but like you can't even do your yeah, nostalgia like, trip. You, you know how to be, play it. Yeah, you're not allowed to play it anymore. So I, I am gonna wait for a little while for Overwatch Two to settle out and see if it becomes a thing. See if they because it's there's so much people complaining about the team structure, the matching structure, the reward structure for getting skins. Uh, complaining about I've heard some complaints about servers and disconnecting, and uh, and I've seen tons of clips of just the same toxic community. I expect like I. It's bad. I'm, it's so uh, what I've seen. I'm trying to wrap my head around this, and I know this isn't the like Overwatch podcast, but like, so you're Blizzard, and you have a functioning product. Yep. Now it's old, so like you only have like your most hardcore yeah people at this and point for sure. The goal is like, well, I want to make some more money on this because mm-hmm. like we have a very small population now relative to what we've seen it be. Yep. How do we get it back up to it's somewhere appro- approximating its previous levels? Right. Slap a number two on it. But the problem is, is like they already had a functioning game. So like, why wouldn't you try to figure out a way to attract people like, hey, there's new maps, new characters. I think that's Internet culture, though. I think I don't think there's a there isn't there is not an amount of resources you could pile into a four year old game that would get you as much new players as just saying Overwatch 2. This is where I would disagree. And I would I'm going to use Blizzard's own games to defend it. Every expansion for WoW. So WoW Classic came, WoW Vanilla WoW came out. Yeah. Then they released Burning Crusade, and it goes up. And then they released Wrath of the Lich King, and it's as big as it like peaks on yeah. their second expansion. Like that was twenty years ago though. Oh, but the principle holds. Where like there's people who like you can reattract audiences with just new content. You can. You need it needed to be like Overwatch with like some sub name. But or something. you are you are attacking. Or just call it Overwatch too. But I think you're attacking an entirely different demographic. Same age group, but the age the demographic of that age group twenty years ago, I do not think is comparable to the demographic well, of the age group now. But I'm what I'm not I'm not talking about necessarily. All I'm talking about is marketing because that's all it is. Like, yeah, but it's it's, it's it's what age group you're marketing to. And I think marketing to, we'll say, younger, like maybe post-teens to early 20s in the early aughts or the early thousands versus 2022. I, 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 from everything I we've difference. seen, all the evidence we've seen, marketing, while does change, the principles are typically pretty universal throughout time. Like the same principles of marketing get applied everywhere. So like... Not necessarily well, everywhere in all cases. Years? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, like, I don't, 
I get that applying the two thing matters because it gets it back in the news. Yeah. But like, so here's the, there's here's, a million ways to get it back in the news. So here's my uh, my counter argument: Call of Duty, new Call of Duty, new Call of Duty, yeah. new Call of Duty, I don't disagree. new Call of Duty, new, and then and with uh, and Battlefield and. Medal of Honor isn't a thing anymore, is it? Not name. Well, Call of Duty. So Call of Duty is Medal of Honor. It was oh, Call of that... Duty, Medal of Honor, and it like re- they either got merged or replaced okay. each other or something like that. But like Call of Duty, the opposite. Where Call of Duty every year, uh, like Assassin's Creed, yeah. ev- they don't they don't keep expanding the world of Assassin's Creed. Every year they make a new one. But like to get a new name, to get a new the uh, new. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Is like, so you've got like Assassin's Creed. I think is a point in my box most of them are assassin's creed black flag or valheim or like they just we don't need a new name we need a new subheading and i could have just been overwatch black flag or whatever and it's pirate themed overwatch yeah but it's a brand new game but it's not a brand new game <laughs> like it's overwatch it's got different yeah. stuff but my point is they've ruined all everything good that was about overwatch oh yeah it's trash now that's a given so they put in millions of dollars to fuck up their game when all they needed was a marketing scheme to get people to come back and play it. And they needed new content. That's what all these games need. Because that's that's all Modern Warfare is. Mm-hmm. Modern Warfare, all these games, it's just new maps, slightly put, tweaked guns. Without adding, So they didn't really add a lot of new content. They added some new maps. They probably don't put that much into... I don't, there probably isn't millions into R&D. Or like an, a perfect example would be Apex. Apex Legends, or uh, uh, it's Apex, yeah, Apex Legends. It just does seasons. Yeah, it does seasons. It could have been Overwatch season two. It just does. They should have done that. Yeah. Like, well, they Apex or Overwatch should do seasons. Overwatch was on season like thirty because they they did they didn't do like eight month season. They did like three month seasons or yeah. two month seasons. But yeah, they were on like season thirty. But like, it just seems like a huge waste of resources to make the game worse. And like Blizzard's done this a couple times now. Yeah, because like they completely overhauled the old Warhammers, like Warhammer three or uh, Warcraft three. I keep. Obviously not Warhammer. Those have a whole other different set of problems that aren't Blizzard related. But like Warcraft 3, they remastered or whatever. I forget mm-hmm. the name of it. And it's just like they're trying to revitalize this old thing. And then they completely destroyed yeah. the previous product. Yeah, but I don't like, understand that. The, in, in six months, who's going to play Overwatch so I, 2? I guarantee what I, I, I shouldn't say guarantee. I bet, I, know, I bet they're doing it to avoid splitting their audience. Because the yes. worst thing that could happen is Overwatch 2 kind of sucks but attracts let's let's say hypothetically you have 100% of the people that will be playing Overwatch mm-hmm. and Overwatch 2 increases that number but it, it's 100%. Well, 30 to 40% go to Overwatch 2. They come in for Overwatch 2 and then the other 50 or 60% are like, "Nah, Overwatch 1's better." And you have now split your audience between two games that now is 50% and 50% or 60 and 40. Yeah. And matchmaking is infinitely worse now. I get that, but like I, I guess I, what I keep coming back to is like, did they make any money off this? Because like it's free. That, so like I, that's what I mean. Like I own Overwatch too. Yeah, you do. So like, what was the point of that? You didn't like I didn't come back and play. Nope. Uh, if I was into it like you, you haven't gotten back into play because no. you've heard it's a clusterfuck. Yep. They didn't get any money out of you to even check to see if nope. it was coming back into like worth playing. So like they've just destroyed. Their game. They've yeah. just gone like, well, we had this game that was a very popular brand, and while its population was dwindling because it's four or five years old or whatever, now we've just like killed yeah. it and then buried it and salted the earth on top of it. Because like that's what I was gonna say. Who's gonna play Overwatch two in six months unless they like manage to like miracle this up and fix, fix it. it? Yeah. 
Because I, I haven't know. seen a single thing good about it. Yeah, Overwatch 2 is like probably destined to pretty quickly just reach back where Overwatch 1 was in play levels. Right. And it wasn't like dead. And like you, you spend a bunch of money in development to have I, no I still, effect. I could still hop on and play Overwatch 1. Like you could you could match decently quickly, but it wasn't great. Right. I mean you did it in my house. Oh yeah. Like you came over like a month ago and yeah. just goofed around on we were Overwatch. Around Overwatch, yeah. I and like that. it was like what? A minute or two yeah. for cues? That's if you're, not if you're bad. willing to if you're willing to queue any character, yeah, it takes a minute. Yeah. It's not that bad. And if you're still playing four years later and you're still like, well, I only play Tracer, you should probably like level up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you, you should be able bit. to queue. As, if you've been playing a game for that long, you should be able to play more than one role. Even if you're just like, well, I, I play all three roles and I only have one character in each. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you need to expand your horizons a little. Right. But yeah, that that just the whole debacle. It just honestly reminded me of Wizards of the Coast and Magic Thirty. Yep. <laughs> Anywho, Huge clusterfuck. Let's talk about Magic. Yeah, let's keep this episode a little shorter, Matt. Um, it's late. It's too late for that. Uh, I know. <laughs> we already did a forty-minute so, intro. To, pre, to preface this, uh, we're gonna take next week off. Um, it's not as much of Matt. Send your hate mail to me. I'm I'm getting pretty burned out. Not in the I don't want to do this podcast anymore. In the I'm just so tired. I just need a break. So. We are going to be taking next week off. I'm basically I'm basically calling in a mental sanity day. Uh, I apologize. If Matt cared about you as fans, he'd record an episode without me. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so don't be looking for an episode next week. Uh, it's not un- it's not impossible that Matt and I throw together something short, but it's unlikely. We're probably probably taking a mental sanity week uh, just for us. But on that on the note of mental sanity, what does help keep me sane is getting to talk to our wonderful patrons every week on the Discord. We've got Emperor, Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, and Jameson. And special shout out to Emperor for getting our stuff onto Reddit, even though he didn't this week, but he had a very good reason. I guess his phone exploded. So we'll let it slide this once. Yeah, I was going to say his reason could be, I don't want to, you guys don't pay me. That's also fair. <laughs> That's a perfectly valid reason. Uh, and then also extra shout out to <laughs> Ashley with the Family Gathering Podcast, whom we are going to go see in a couple days. Yes. Matt and I are heading up this weekend uh, to do a... And next week is kind of a mental sanity week, and there's also a little bit of... take. We're going to take a week of remembrance for Derek, uh, kind of upon double duty. But we're going to have a celebration of life for Derek this, this, uh, this Saturday. So we're going to head up to Goshen and just... Hang out, play some magic, and remember the good old times. Yep. And Matt's going to buy me dinner. Uh, I believe Ashley's buying dinner. Wow. Well, I need to bring something She said she got uh, brisket and some wood. That's pretty awesome. So we should have brisket. So many jokes. (laughs) (laughs) But none of them are friendly enough for the podcast. Uh, But thanks, everyone, who supports us on uh, Patreon. We super appreciate it. If you want to become a patron, um, all the way from $1 up to, I think, like $20 or so, $20 or $30, uh, we've got tons of tiers, tons of options. It is just patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. We appreciate all the support you give. And we appreciate everyone who just listens. It means a lot to us every week. I don't think i've got anything else so matt let's do a tight 25 on each le- on each challenge on each legacy deck okay. on each legacy deck and how is legacy looking uh the overall meta doesn't seem too bad uh it's kind of hard we got a little bit more data than last week i think we have a lot more data well i say a little because i don't know how accurate it is that's a very good so point, we actually. do have we have all of the data we normally would have i don't i can't speak to how perfect this is because like uh, MTG Goldfish has now been able to uh, scrape the MTGO online website and get some get its normal data off of it. But the MTGO website itself it doesn't look like it's super accurate yet. It's got multiple decks 
It's got decks that appear multiple times. Yeah. Well, so, like, the third place guy will be third, third, third. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Goldfish is pulling that. Um, so, like, some of these numbers, as far as the meta percentage yep. go, might be off. They're still not in order. They're still not in order. The top eight's still not in order. So, we're still going to uh, – we'll, I figured out who the winner is of the Modern and the Legacy Challenge, yep. what deck that is. Obviously, we'll shout them out, and we'll still go through the top eight. But, then, um, but, but in no particular but order. But in no, no particular order, because we don't have that data yet. So – all that being said, it looks like uh, Jack Ninem. I just call him Jackum. 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 It's definitely meant to be Jackum. Yeah. Uh, he brought it home with eight cast. So it's been a while since we've seen eight cast win. Uh, no it's been popping up the past month or so, like yep. semi regularly in the top eight. It seems eight. to have become like a solid tier two to tier two and a half deck, yeah. where like I'm not one bit surprised to see it in a top eight. But I definitely is surprising to see it win. Doesn't win very often. But yeah. it, it top eight, top sixteen, pretty often. Yeah. So um, let's see. It's got the full eight casts. So it's got four thought monitors, four thought casts, three size, four emeries, two uh, Kappa Cannoneer. That's the little turtle that everybody loves or hates. <laughs> uh, at this point, I don't know how you could have anything against that thing. It's not like the nightmare came true and eight cast took over the format. Nope, it so did not. It's just a deck that got spawned because of a cool card. So just made meltdowns cost fifteen bucks. Yep. Um, then it's got your typical Force of Wills, Chalice, Lotus Petal. Like the um, we got one Ether Spell Bomb. Doesn't look like there's anything super spicy in the main. Uh, now this looks pretty. I'm glad you went through because we haven't seen it in a little while. But this looks pretty similar to like what eight cast has been for a while. Yeah. Uh, the eight cast kind of boiled down to between six and eight thought casts and thought monitors, and two to three Kappa Cannoneers, and then a little bit of play here with the number of size. And some of the zero or one drop artifacts. Yeah. And after that, it hasn't really changed much. Yep. Uh, we got like a Caracas. I think we talked about that last week in the side. Uh, three force of negations. Like, we're obviously, we want the full forces because this deck yep. probably without them just folds to combo. Yes. Like, it's just Pretty not much fast all of them, enough. All the combo decks. <clears throat> so you're just looking for as much permission as you can get. Yep. Because um, it's just not going to be quite as fast. It's a very aggressive deck, but it doesn't win on turn two. No, it does not. Um, Probably does not beat turn one, Grizzlebrand. Nope. Uh, potentially. Depending if it could answer it, even like a turn later or something, you could probably do it because it goes pretty wide. But yeah, I I agree with you in principle. Can this deck even answer? And either Spellbomb could handle it. It a gets spell it back bomb in or hand. Caracas in the yeah. post. Yep. A Spellbomb or and Caracas it does have, could you answer know, it. It does, like... It's got graveyard hate in there, but that's exactly what we're talking yeah. about. Where it's just like, I guess Psy could gum up the air. Yeah. So like, there's, but I mean, that's a losing battle anyways, because every yeah. time still it game. swings in, you're getting your seven life and drawing seven cards, and I lose a Thopter token that I have to, you know, put forth a little bit of resources into. Yeah. So the trick there is to just to hope you have two Force of Wills and two more blue cards, and yeah. they only have one Thoughtseize. <laughs> so. <clears throat> and then you've got plenty of graveyard hate with Gra uh, Graph Digger's Cage, Soul Guide Lantern, Unlicensed Hearse, uh, some Dismembers. Brazen Bar, various, I guess, out of yeah, the side. Yep. So, like, there's answers. Yep. And, like, Fair Hole Breacher. Fairy Macabre is probably the best answer. Yeah. Uh, Hole Bre yeah, Fairy Macabre as well. Hole Breacher is not a horrible answer to a resolved Grizzlebrand. No, it's not. <laughs> In response. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, you'll pay seven life. I'll draw seven cards. <laughs> well, no, it's I'll make seven treasures. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Get seven treasures. Did I tell you, uh, like last month when Ashley was down, we were playing, I was playing Acast and she was playing, I think she Probably was playing Madness. Ruby Storm. Oh, okay. And she used, uh, I can't think of the card. It's the 
it's the wheel of fortune with miracle, but it costs five without it. I can't think of Reforge the Reforge the soul. Reforge the soul. And she copied it. And while they were both on the stack, like she had the thing, like whenever you cast an insert sorcery yeah. until next turn, you create a copy of it. Bonus round. Yeah. Bonus round. Uh, okay. Second one's on the stack still. Cool. Whole breacher. <laughs> Discard your hand. I'm going to make 14 treasures. I still lost. Really? That game went on for the next like 10 turns. You had a, you get to have, you get to give a grip. You have a hand. I know. All I I had 14 treasure tokens and all I drew was uh, managed sources for the next like 10 turns. How are you so bad at magic? I I did the one play. Dude, I'm so fucking mad. So, if you look at the chat that I've got made for our group at, at work, the people that play games, the first four messages are, hey, I'm playing Apex, anybody want to play? Hey, I'm going to play Apex, anybody going to play? I'm going to hop on Apex later, and one person being like, oh, I'm busy this weekend. And since we've been talking, uh, there's like 30 messages in it. Cool. As soon as I'm busy. Well, you can go use my computer if you want. <laughs> yeah, you mind finishing the episode? <laughs> yeah. So, good night, folks. Keep it short. Yep. So, yeah, that's eight cast. So, congratulations to Jackham. Way to lose with 14 treasures and a full grip against an opponent Dude, with no cards in hand. Dude, it was horrible. Like, I that just sounds, did nothing. That sounds painful. I mean, honest, if I was Ashley, I might scoop. Now, again, I, good thing she did I talked her out of it. I was like, you never know. You never know. How many times have I told you yeah. that? Like, do not scoop no. until, like, they have the game won at least. Yep. Make them kill you. And, like, I emptied my hand. So, like, he, she did that on her turn. I emptied my hand. And nothing. And nothing. That's awesome. Just drew dead for the next like five or ten turns. <laughs> Nothing. Infinite well mana, whatever, doesn't matter. Well done, Ashley. Yeah. So I was I was as salty as I could be about a casual game that doesn't matter. So yeah. not incredibly salty, but I was like, Come really? On. <laughs> Come I'm on. fucking kidding. <laughs> uh next up, we'll just from here on out, we're just gonna go through the Yeah, we're the, just go top to bottom. Top to bottom. So we've got Doomsday. Um Played by Wonder Pro, who, if I remember I'll correctly, did get second. So we'll shout them out. They made it to the finals against Jackham. I'll pull up the other. <laughs> so if you go to the, I was like, I'll look at the eighth place list and compare it. Um, two Dark Ritual, one Dark Ritual, one Dark Ritual, one Ponder, one Ponder, two Ponder. Oh, God. Two this is Doomsday, what we're talking one about. Doomsday. Yeah. So I'm, I'm reading the deck list. And instead of putting all the, we have three Brainstorm and one Brainstorm. Because they're different prices. No, it's not. <laughs> It's not. I don't know why I did that. That's awesome. Yeah, we, there's still some growing pains yeah. uh, getting things moved over. Well, that'll be annoying to get to. <laughs> well, as you go through yours, I'll go through this, and we kind of double-team it. Yeah, so I'm talking about Wonder Pros. We've got two Thassa's Oracle, two Grief, and two Street Wraith. Ooh, that's so So oh. we've got three Street Wraith, no Grief, though. Gotcha. Yeah, fair enough. And this is Mao's list. Uh, it, says, it says eighth, but they Whatever, also please. did good. But yeah, yep. so yeah, we're, we're uh, a little less hand disruption. But a little more cycling. Yep, we've got a Pact of Negation, which I don't see on Mao's list, which makes sense in that deck. I'm, there's only one, but like, I could see that being part of certain piles. Yeah, and um, there's a lot of times where you go into a pile and you don't have the, you can't draw into Force, you don't have the cards to pitch. Yeah, Pact is Pact is just as good as Force. Yep, and you're gonna like, you're never gonna hit your next upkeep one matter. way or the other. It doesn't. Yeah, it, yeah. you either win or, you, or you're yeah. just going to lose yeah. that turn one way Someone or the other. Someone is going to lose or resign at the end of this turn. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Brainstorms, Dark Rituals. Those are pretty standard. Uh, one Duress, two Thoughtseize, and four Grief total. So we got three Duresses and one Thoughtseize in the other one. On your sideboard, do you have a Sheldred? Do you have a couple Sheldreds and uh, Opposition Agents? Uh, one Sheldred and one Opposition Agent. Yep. So we went two and two over here with Mao. So okay. a little different. So some, some minor differences for sure. 
but almost the same list. Yeah, it looks probably. like they went with the same basic approach. Cheap analysis and Edge of Autumn? Uh, yes. Yep. Uh, we've got two Edge of Autumns. Uh, I thought I saw a deep. I've got one Edge of Autumn and one Edge of Autumn. <laughs> but no, actually, I don't think they're, I don't see a deep analysis in the main. Okay. So, yep. But yeah. Some of the minor differences that you expect to see in Doomsday. Not the transformational sideboard, not, not the, the second combo, sideboard. not mixing like. There's probably. Displacer, there's probably three or whatever. to five, like legit expected variants of doomsday that are all pretty similar and this both of these fall pretty solidly into that i think that the uh the transformational sideboards were like a psyop to just put that out in the ether that that's now a thing now, worried and about now it. we're just gonna go right back to normal yep. it's like uh, it's like stifle mm-hmm. just play stifle for one tournament yep. this now, week we're running stifle guys we so have to next, make it a thing so for the next three weeks everyone plays around stifle yep and we just get free wins because people just <laughs> wait well people are fetching suboptimally yep looks like we've got another messed up list Slightly. Uh, in the next list we're going to cover, it looks like four-color control. Osmandius. Yep, with Osmandius. Uh, we've got Endurance and Uros for creatures. A couple Narset Parter of Veils. Literally. Yep. <laughs> it's one and, <laughs> it's one, and one. This looks to be the four-color Minskin Boo? Yes. So it's, we got four-color Minskin Boo, two Minskin Boos, um, Life from the Loam. Like, this is just that four-color control list, so nothing yeah, we've super seen... spicy. Um, I don't. I'm not even seeing any huge changes really in this. That I think again. I think Honorog started three three ish weeks a month ago, and has kind of in its current form and it stayed about the same and really carried on. Yep. I believe we were seeing usually one carpet, one to two carpets in the main. We've, we've all gone to the side now, which kind of makes sense. You didn't, you, we didn't complain about this week, but um, Delver only fourteen percent, a reasonable <laughs> amount of Delver in the top thirty two. Yeah. And so seeing a little less Delver hate um, makes sense. Now, we haven't looked through it yet, but there is, there's at least one more Delver that's not on there because there's a, a, a rug Delver list. And we, like I was talking about with that, uh, the data, there could in theory be more in there that got missed. Yeah, you're not wrong. But I'm not, I'm not saying it's way off, but like there's at least one uh, rug that they separated out uh, in 17th place. But just be aware, because like it looks like, so this is going to be one of the things, if you're looking uh, at blue-red data, there's some, uh, several people are going around where there's now rug lists as well, where they're running mm-hmm. Minskin Boo, and it's kind of like a no-delver mid range kind of list that was mm-hmm. kind of hot for a few, hot for a bit, a few months ago, where now they're adding Minskin Boo and like a tropical island in the side. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I hadn't noticed it, like it didn't click with me, but uh, Baku91 yeah. won three challenges in a row. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that. That's uh, if I remember correctly, he won Saturday and Sunday last week, and he won Saturday this week. And if I re- also remember correctly, he was playing that Minskin Boo Delver list. So the Delver list Delver. So like, nice. I don't know how this data comes is going to come in, how people want to like, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. As to what counts as Delver, obviously it's not blue red Delver because it's rug Delver. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, what are we doing? Like, well, it's that's the thing people are complaining about is like in the world of Legacy where Delver always owned it, it was always like three variants of Delver. And one of the main complaints was like, right now we're just seeing like 25, 30% of blue red Delver and not 10% of blue red Delver, 8% of rug Delver, 6% of Grixis Delver, you know, whatever. I will say. While it's annoying to have to deal with three powerful variants of the same deck, it does spice it up a little bit. It and is they a lot don't, nicer. They like they don't play the same. Like this Rug Delver list in seventeenth from Purple Gambit 
he does have when we were just joking right he's got stifles in the main yep. like he's running stifles he's got delver goif brazen borrower and murktide like that's Ooh, a yeah. it is different pretty traditional like rug delver creature list Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got Murktide in there instead of, you know, Nimble Mongoose from way back in the day. Well, clearly. That's an upgrade. <laughs> yep. But, like, he's running, he's kind of kicking it old school, and he's got his uh, Minskin Boos in the side. So, like, this is, even this is different than what Baku's running, where he's running that, yeah. like, more mid-rangey list. If we're if, if Delver's not going anywhere, I, at least seeing some diversity would be nice inside of Delver. It does spice it up a little bit. It I mean, does. he's got Chain Lightning in the main. What, how is yeah. it, 2018? I know. <laughs> so, like, uh, Purple Gambit's got an, uh, at least a change, mm-hmm. you know? He's got Himalayan pink salt yeah. as opposed to just regular table salt. That's regular rock salt. <laughs> to pass out. Um, so, yeah, nothing super spicy with Osmandius list that I saw. Uh, I don't know if you saw anything in the side. that no, looked... Nothing jumped out at me, I don't think. Cool. Then we've got two elves lists. One by Testacular, which is going to be the recurrent uh, Reclaimer Fiend Artisan list. Um, uh, I don't and see... It looks like JHK has a much more standard... Yeah. A little different, <laughs> but much, much more standardized some list. numbers. Yeah. Where you've got like three Allosaurus Shepherds, like a we, couple Reclaimers, yeah. but not the full set. But you still have Nettle Sentinel, Heritage Druid, Corian Ranger, Symbiote, yeah. Visionary. He's trying out the new... Uh, the Leaf Crown Visionary. Leaf Crown Visionary. But yeah, like this is... I don't know. Uh, Jameson, can you hop in the Discord and let me know which one of these are stock elves? <laughs> I think, I guess, uh, it's just a popularity contest. I think Testaculars is the new stock elves. But, yeah, we've got basically old elves and new elves um, fighting for top eight slots. One of the things I never thought I would see was Elvish Spirit Guide. Like, the card advantage, card disadvantage there is brutal. I mean, you're... and. It's almost like you're not playing an elf deck. It's like you're. It's almost like you're playing Maverick, and you want some acceleration to cheat the boards on turn one or two. Well, and that's the thing. Like, so I haven't played this list, and I haven't watched a bunch of videos about it either. So, like, I'm not an expert at all on Reclaimer slash Fiend Artisan Elves, right? Yeah. But like, I'm trying to look through the lines here, and obviously it's going to accelerate you. But like, I could see doing stuff like land, pitch an Elvish Spirit Guide double uh elf on turn one and then you go in and especially like if you Finn had like Horn, a guy as cradle Findhorn land of war yeah like it seems to me like what they're trying to do with that is get natural order out on turn two really often because you don't have glimpse what do you got natural order for you got natural order for <clears throat> crater hoof if you have several elves out i guess i guess because it, it, especially so think about it so if you cast two land of war elves out on turn one then they can both, in theory, attack on turn two. They could. So you're gonna. But so like, if you go cradle, but, and then okay. But before you start running through lines, remember, no heritage druid. I know. No quarian ranger. You do have wirewood symbiote. So. so as soon as you using those elves for mana, you're much less likely to get to attack with them. I know. But maybe, but maybe the plan is to build for a turn three. Maybe maybe it's a more stable turn three. Yeah. Well, the thing is that see, if that's the case, turn three natural order is easy. I mean, you're talking about producing one extra mana and hitting your land drops. Yeah, I, so, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't like. S- I don't think it's worth it. To, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying if it was me, yeah. if my plan was to get a turn three natural order, Elvish Spirit Guide is not how I would go at it. Gotcha. Because you just hit your. I mean, just run a couple more plants. <laughs> okay. I mean, I you, gotcha. you don't want to run a couple more lands because obviously that fucks with your draws and whatnot. But like, it's super easy to cast it on turn three. It's not worth the inherent disadvantage. Just no. a bad card, of right? Because I mean, Spirit that card Guide. is. Horrible. Is it even an elf? 
Uh, I'd have to look at it. It says Summon Spirit. I don't think it is. So it's not even an elf of the late game. Let's see. So, uh, they change it to an elf spirit. So it is. It's technically an elf. Okay. So you do get some elf synergies. Technically. If you want to play three mana 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> hey, it has flying. Sure. Yep. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't? No. It's I always a, thought it had flying. It's a 3 mana 2-2. Exile it from your hand out of green. It has wings. Yep. Sure it's does. flying in the picture. Sure. Uh, I kind of think it's kind of kneeling in the picture and looking up. I could be wrong. Maybe. Because you kind of see her knees poking out a little bit. I kind of thought she was like hovering with her knee, with her feet picked up. Could be. But the You're point is, right. fact of the matter is, she does have wings does and she fly. does not fly. <laughs> I'm glad Watsy kind of put the Dude, crackdown on that. It's from Alliances. They didn't make good green cards back then. So she definitely doesn't have flying. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> a three mana two two that flies and pitches for mana is like would that's not a horrible that's card. That's not a horrible card at that all. That means she doesn't have flying. <laughs> nope. So oh my god. I've been playing with bad green cards so long that it still feels weird to see good ones. Questing Beast blew my mind. I was talking, I was talking to someone at work about magic because I talk about it, everyone at work talks about sports all day long. They're all in like six fantasy leagues. Yeah. They made a fantasy league in the middle of the season so they could all be in a fantasy league together. It's their thing. Yep, it's what they like. So I talk about magic sometimes, and they have very politely shown a little bit of interest about it. And he's asked like, because I talk about like how many different cards there are in magic, and there's like there's like six because there's like land, artifact, creature, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, which one's the best or which one's the worst? Or we have, I think it's which one's the worst. And I was like, I don't really. It's not really like that in Magic. It's not really like a worse yeah. kind. Was like, but it, yeah. In fairness, it used to be creatures. Yeah. Creatures, you like. If you asked me five years ago, it was definitely creatures. Yeah. If you go back even further, it's not even close yeah. that it was creatures were the worst. Because like right now, it's not really like the creatures are pretty freaking good. But he asked oh, that yeah. question, I was like, there isn't really like good and bad types of cards. And it's like, no, no, there is. Creatures used to be pretty dog shit. Yeah. I look back at old boxes and I'll find like a, I think I found like a, it was black, black tutu protection from humans. And then I, I was talking to Mike at the Sage's shop and mm-hmm. I was like, that card was a fucking beast, wasn't it? And he was like, oh yeah, that card was amazing. Mm-hmm. A fucking tutu with no, a tutu for two mana with no downside, actually an upside. You know what? <laughs> so this card is like super innocuous and it didn't see a ton of play, but there's a card called, uh, what is it? Beloved, Beloved Chaplain. And it's a two-mana 1-1 one, one that has protection from creatures. <laughs> it was from Odyssey, if I remember correctly. And that was a bomb card, wasn't it? Was it was an uncommon. Because it could block and that forever. Card was, that card blew our minds. Because it could block anything forever. It could block anything. And it's unblockable. And it's also unblockable. And we're like, two-mana for an unblockable? Unkillable. Like, it's unkillable. That's that's insane. That's awesome. <laughs> like, because that's back in the day. Like You were like, oh, wow. You just didn't get rate like that. Well, I mean, I've told this story a dozen times. Like the first time I saw Watch Wolf from Ravnica, I was like, "Oh my god!" Wasn't it like a two mana two. It's a or two mana three three. A two it's mana a green three and a white three. for a three three. Yep. You imagine going back in time and showing someone like in two thousand and four questing beast. It's like, look, man, you just take it out. <laughs> yeah. I. So it's two thousand four. I know affinity is getting real old. Yep. <laughs> but give just some wait. time. <laughs> and you could be curb stomped. I by know questing you beast. love tapping forests. Yeah. So anywho. Nothing super exciting from elves, aside from the fact that it's doing well to yep. me. Like both lists look st- pretty standard for what we've seen recently. Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy in the side. Uh, run afoul. We've talked about it before, but I think that that's fun tech to me. Sacrifice a creature with flying at instant speed. Um, it's nice to see a tra- assassin's trophy come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's the one. And then 
So POW 22 has a pretty fun looking list here. We've got four color Minskinbu, but four color no white. Usually ah. it's usually it's four color no black. So we're ditching the swords of plowshares, the prismatic endings. We're picking up Baleful Strix, which card's amazing, and Witherbloom Command. Oh, you forgot what else they're picking up. Ignoble Hierarch. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, and Ignoble Hierarch, the Jund Hierarch. Yeah. So we got what? Jund plus blue? Jund plus blue. And you've got Endurance and Uro. Yep. Much much similar to the other uh, four-color list. Three Minskin Boos. Three Minskin Boos. The spell suite looks very similar. You do have two Days, uh, but Blast, Ponder, Bolts, uh, Expressive Iteration, of course, Life from the Loam. It all looks very similar. Just a couple of swaps out for those black cards. And then in the sideboard, uh, you get a few more black cards as options, like Opposition Agent, Plague Engineer, uh, technically Surgical, but no one pays for that. Yeah. But yeah, interesting take on this four-color Minskin Boo list. Pulling out the white, putting in some yeah, some black baleful strix, presumably up there to be blocking murktides quite yeah, effectively. For sure. And at the very least, I mean, it always. I mean, it, it it's, it's, it's gonna, always a two for one. It's a two for one. It's going to kill Delver DRC or murktide, whatever you need it to, or eat a lightning bolt, or eat a lightning bolt. Yep, which gaining three life is <laughs> two mana draw a card, gain three life. It's pretty good. That's, yeah, that's not bad. I this isn't the type of list I would run. Uh, I think prismatic ending is probably better than the cards you gain. Yeah, it's well, so like realistically, like I don't even count Witherbloom Command as a card. It's Witherbloom Command is an okay card. It's two mana, and you get to either mill, th- you get to make a player mill three, and you draw. A car- you sorry, Jesus Christ, make a player mill three, and you can put a land back into your hand from your graveyard. You can destroy a non-land permanent with CMC two or less. Non-creature, you, non-land. Sorry, non-creature, non-land. You can uh, give a creature minus three, minus one, or gain two life. Those are all okay. It's not better than swords, and Baleful Strix, in my opinion, is not also better than swords. So, and you could run a Noble Hierarch in the other one. Yeah, there's nothing stopping you from running. You can it. also run Noble Hierarch in the other one. Mm-hmm. Which so, would probably be better. It's probably better. And like what you pick up from the side again, one opposition agent, one plague engineer. Nothing. I not like not a lot. It's just the fact of the matter is, black's the weakest color probably in Legacy, it is. and. It's a bit of a hindrance running black. If you look at this Especially deck, as, if you're not running combo, yeah, if you're not running combo, you look at this deck as go like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna splash for black. Why don't you get the best black cards? And this is what they chose. Yeah. Ugh. But a very cool list, and I'm and, and a very powerful. Obviously, it came in between first and eighth, yeah. between it second and eighth. Aided. Yeah. So. Yes, very cool list. Yep. <clears throat> so I have no idea what's going on. Um, I think seventh place might be a misprint because have we ever talked? About Infect. No. Not uh, about the only... I think the only time we talked about Infect was when we did our tournament report thing from Ohio, and I played against Infect. So, Tier 4 deck, (laughs) and fan favorite for those that play it, Infect. I have never seen an Infect list. I've played against Infect, but I've never looked at a list of Infect. So, let's go over it. So, we've got four Glistener Elf, which is a 1-1 Infect for one green Elf Warrior. Uh, three Noble Hierarch, which we just talked about. Uh, one green for zero one taps for Bant or or and has Exalted, uh, and then Blighted Agent, which is a Infect unblockable one mana or two mana one one. So those are your primary creatures. You also do have Ink Moth Nexus in there as another uh, creature with Infect, which matters quite a bit. Um, we got Berserk, which is typically speaking like one of the worstly worded cards ever printed in its original form. Right. So it's, and it's kind of awkward in the deck. It's very powerful, 
But so Berserk is one mana, one green. So this is a good green card from way back in the day. Yep. <laughs> but this is what you had to do to get a good yeah. green card. Uh, cast this spell only before the combat damage step. <laughs> oh, um, we get to, so I was talking about that new player that we were playing with um, on Monday. Mm-hmm. I was playing against him on... He's relatively new. And so I, I was sitting next to him when they were playing. And he were like, things started happening in combat. And Doug was, because I was playing against Doug. He was playing against Doug. And kind of like backing up a little bit. And I was like, here, time out. Uh, hey, bud, I know you're new to competitive magic. Do you know the steps of combat? And he said, no. And I'm like, okay. There's like seven. And then we went through the steps of combat. There's beginning, attackers, blockers, damage, end. <laughs> yeah. There's like five. Yeah. We just say combat attack. There's yes. like five, six steps in there. Yes. So you have to cast this at the latest and declare blockers. And declare blockers. Um, which can matter. Yep, they can. Absolutely. Um, and because of the 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 way it's it works, you want to cast it as late as possible. So it's target creature gains trample and gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is its power. So it yep. doubles its power. At the beginning of your next end step, destroy that creature if it attacked this turn. Yes. So you're basically sacri- you're going all in. You're gonna, I'm going to chuck this creature, my Glistener Elf. Preferably, you'd probably want to do it on the... Oh, no, he's unblockable. But uh, yeah, so something. You, you pick a creature. You pump it, you pump it, you, you pump, pump it, you get pump to, it. let's say, ideally, a 5-1. Yep. Or a 6-1. Berserk it. Double strike and... Or sorry, not double strike. Double power and trample. Yes. So, Berserk's a big card in the deck. Then we got Brainstorm and Ponder. Duh, you're playing blue. Uh, Scale Up, I personally think, is a really cool card. You get a ton of power for one, but it is a sorcery, and that is kind of one of its downsides. So Scale Up is a one-mana sorcery until end of turn. Target creature you control becomes a green worm with base, power, and toughness 6-4. What's cool is it is is lethal with Glistener, Elf, and Berserk. Yep. It's Scale Up is used, if I remember correctly, lethal with almost all of them. It should be. I think they all give four or more. Yeah. So... If you scale up and you have another pump spell, you're presenting lethal, assuming it's you know, it's at least got ten power. Yes. And we got a spell pierce for just protecting your stuff. Vines of Vastwood, another very important card. It's a one green with kicker of one green for an instant target creature. Uh, target creature can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. This Holy turn. shit! Is if, that a powerful set of text? Yes. If it was kicked, it get that creature gets plus four plus four. So this is. Did you know it's a counter spell? Second to the last thing they usually do, because usually they're like, okay, I'm presenting a giant infect dude. You're like, I'm going to swords it. And they're like, actually, in response, vines of Vastwood counter your swords to plowshares, and now it is lethal. And now it's lethal. The other thing you can do with that, because it doesn't, because it says can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. Yep. You can actually fizzle their own spells or abilities. Yep. Now clearly you want to vines of ass with your own things to win, but there's Mo- the vast majority of times. There's tons of situations though where you can basically dodge lethal by giving their creature protection from them. Yeah. So just a tricky little thing there. Uh, we got four days because the deck tries to be fast. Wants to. You know, present yeah. a threat, protect it, not r- worried yeah, about card advantage or engagement. Whatever. One spot at a time, which is fantastic in the deck. Uh, really, what you're looking for here, because like this is one of the problems that Boros Heroic has. Boros Heroic plays not too dissimilar to Infect. Yeah, you miss out on some of the best pump spells because you get the well, best. We just said, I'm just going in order. So we haven't got to them yet. Gotcha. But there's a bunch of pump spells in this deck. And so you got 33 spells and only, if you include the Ink Moth Nexus, 13 creatures. And three of those don't kill your opponent. 
because it's noble hierarch. Yep. So you really only have 10 creatures that can kill your opponent. The once upon a time allows you to cut some of those creatures because you often, you, having two is ideal because you want to be able to swing with yep. two. They block one of them, you pump the other one. That's kind of the, you know, bread and butter of this deck. Yep. But like being able to dig five cards deep and, you know, really make sure you have that threat, the bare minimum of one and maybe two, and it does since it's creature or land, hit Ink Moth Nexus and your other two creatures is very solid. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Invigorate, which is nuts. <laughs> so it's three mana instant. If you control a forest rather than pay its mana cost, you can have an opponent gain three life. Darker creature gets plus four, plus four until end of turn. Yeah, couldn't give a shit about you gaining some life. Yep, cool. You're 24. You've got 10, ten, effect, in, yep. ten poison counters. Ten poison counters. Uh, then we got Force of Will. Duh, everybody knows that. And then Become Immense. Uh, so again, another... Actually, be- Become Immense is probably the only non-broken card with Delph. <laughs> so yeah. there's a ton of... So the way I define broken is it's e- like as far as the mechanic goes the mechanic is either trash and sees no play or it's bannable bannable and there's very little in between with delve yep become, become immense is probably the most balanced become delve immense card. and murderous cut right i'll probably tell me your only options that are like oh it's delve and it's totally where okay. it sees play it's it's like a couple of and a couple decks like it's just not that big of a deal it's just a solid you know uh role player kind yeah. of guy so become immense uh six mana so it's five and one green for an instant with delve and then target creature gets plus six plus six until end of turn so then we got lands the only one i mean there's plenty that are important but there's really two that are kind of uh key ink moth nexus which we covered a little bit uh it's a land comes into play on tap tap for her colorless or you can pay one it becomes a one one artifact creature with flying and infect it's still land mm-hmm. so there's threats number uh seven through ten and then Pendlehaven, which is basically just a legendary forest that you can pump up a one-one. So you can just make a, a little one, free one into a, into a one-two. Yeah. So yeah, a cool list that we never get to talk about. Yeah. So we don't normally go like hard on decks and talk about them, uh, but we haven't. I think you're right. I don't remember ever seeing, in fact, top eight yep. since we've started this podcast. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So that's very sweet. Uh, in fact, is super fun. It's fun to play against, in my opinion. I know people get super salty when they get infected on turn two and the game's nah, over. It's part of it. But like, there's so many other decks and legacy that do that. Infect is really cool. Infect um, forces you to consciously be playing Magic very differently, and so the correct time to use your removal spells against Infect, for example, is not in combat. Yeah. The traditional wisdom in Magic is you use your removal spells at the last possible second, and against Infect, the correct time is usually at their end step. They come into the board, and you on their end step try and use your removal, so they're forced to use their protection. Or on your turn, some. Like, depending on, on what turn, you have. Yeah. You can force them to use their protection when it will not buff their creature in combat. Right. So if you're go if you're gonna bolt something, you do it on their end step or your turn, depending on how your mana works oh. and what you've got going on, so that they have to go vines of vastwood to counter your yep. thing or, you know, become immense or whatever yeah. to do anything to save that creature and then since w- it's being dealt damage. And then waste the and then waste power the pup. Yeah. Yep. So you you kinda get to two for one them sort of there. Not really, but kind of, sort of. So, yeah, that's our top eight. We already talked about the other Doomsday list. We went over that with Doomsday. So, uh, as far as the metagame summary goes, again, take these numbers a little bit with some grain of salt. But we've got Other, with nine of the top 32, is 26.47%. At least two of those were Delver of some variant. Yeah. I looked at them. So, then we've got Blue Red Delver, with uh, five, 14.71%. Doomsday, three, Painter, uh, Mono Red Prison, 
elves and blue zenith with two of each, and then a bunch of one ofs, including Death Shadow. Nice. And Lurin. So and Hammer Time. Hammer Time's kind of sticking around. <laughs> That's so funny. Like this top eight's not like not the top eight's not bad, in my opinion. This challenge is like if this was the metagame, like assuming the other didn't pan out to be half delver or whatever, yeah. like if that was actually a fairly dis- diverse gathering of decks, doesn't look too bad because we got some stuff here. We got Infect we haven't seen in a while, Mono White Hammer, we love 8 Cast, we've got Alluren, we've got Depths, we've got Cascade, which we didn't even talk about. Like no. there's a Cascade deck. Cool. Like not a bad, not a bad tournament. Yep. So excited to see that. <laughs> Most played cards, Force of Will, 68%. <laughs> Oh, man. Yep. Brainstorm, Ponder, Expressive Iteration, and Days. Then we got Top Creatures. This should come as no surprise at all. Uh, Murktide, DRC, Delver, Endurance, Uro. Uh, there was a time where people were saying Uro was not good enough for Legacy. <laughs> I'm okay. just like, you guys are wrong. <gasps> to put it politely, yeah. they're Three-man time walk isn't good enough? No. Uh, then Top Spells, Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Expressive Iteration, Days. So that's Legacy. This particular challenge looks pretty solid. It does. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. No complaints here. And a Delverless Top 8. All right. So let's go to modern. Uh, we're facing the same data collection errors we had with legacy. So we're gonna give uh, Matt. Thankfully, did get did find first place. Uh, it was Zerk, who takes up second and second on the MTG Goldfish page. <laughs> yep. With decks that cost different amounts of money. <laughs> this these Yogmoth lists cost different amounts of money. But Zerk brought it home first place with Yogmoth. Taking a look at his list, uh, we've got Hapatra. We've got Giraffe's Messenger, and we've got Blood Artist. So we kind of have the, we actually have, like, I guess if you count, Blood Artist is almost always there. Giraffe's Messenger and Hapatra are kind of the two value cards we see sometimes. Uh, we got both of those in there. Um, uh, after that, I do not see, <clears throat> I don't see much. So we talked about it before the show. We don't typically, speaking, discuss spoilers a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we're talking about Yogmoth, uh, Diabolic Intent is now going to be in Modern. That wasn't modern legal. No. Because I was thinking about it. Because it was in, in Jumpstart. Oh, that's right. I looked it up, too, because I, if I had to put money on it the other wow. day, I would have told you that that was in Amonkhet. Dude, Demonic Tutor, and that's, let's be honest, guys. It's that's Demonic, Demonic Tutor. Tutor. <laughs> Demonic Tutor might be too good for modern. I was thinking about because it's in Pioneer, too. Yeah, I know. Because Brothers War is a standard set. <laughs> Black, I mean, I was just, I looked at that and went, well, uh... At the minimum, Black Red Sacrifice would probably want Demonic Tutor, right? <laughs> it probably will. Like, Demonic Tutor is just a really good card. Pretty good card. Yeah, I, I will probably be looking to pick a couple of those up and try oh, it they out. They should be relative. They're not horribly. I think they were like eight bucks. Yeah. Before, they got... before Jumpstart. Yeah, they well, they were they were expensive. There was a time frame they were expensive. So there was EDH. I forget exactly when I started playing, but it's been a while now. Like, yeah. almost 10 years. So, like... When EDH was still not quite super popular, Diabolic Intent was like 10 bucks ballpark. Yeah. Then it peaked before, like, when it was at its highest before Jumpstart, mm-hmm. Diabolic Intent was like 30 or $40. Oh, Jesus. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then it got reprinted and it came yep. down. Because, like, it was just one of those things where, like, everyone's like, oh, and I in EDH Diabolic Intent, in my opinion, is often better than yeah. Demonic Tutor. Because the ability that, to kill one of your creatures is yeah, that's strong. huge. But yeah, it's just Demonic Tutor. Yeah, in it's this almost deck, it always is for just sure. Demonic in tutor. Black Red uh, Sacrifice, it's Demonic Tutor. It sure is. Oh no, I had to sacrifice that one thing. Would you rather sacrifice it to some oven? Yeah. Or Demonic Tutor. Or Demonic Tutor. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So that that was I. We were talking about it earlier, and I was like, there was a card that like 
I was really wanting to talk about. The and tutor. I mentioned the white, like... Oh, Diabolic Tutor. Yeah, the, uh, Diabolic Intent. Diabolic Intent, yeah, sorry, yeah. whatever. I had mentioned the white, like, Exile All Graveyards thing, but it was Diabolic Intent. That's, gotcha. This just reminded me of it. So. Yeah, that... That that's is gonna, probably going to make splash. That's going to make some waves for yeah. sure. Um, I was thinking about as I read this, like we don't see as mu- nearly as much playing around with decks in modern as we do in legacy. And I wonder if part of that is we don't recognize the decks as intensely because we're just not as good at modern as legacy, and just maybe the smaller card pool. I think I think modern just has less variability compared yeah, to legacy. It the like the card pool itself is smaller, but the the band of playable cards is also like much smaller. Yeah. Like the ceiling on modern cards. I mean, a lot of modern decks are running legacy cards at this point. Yeah, it's true. And then instead of them competing against everything since alpha, they're the just stuff from modern against... horizons is competing against everything from what? Eighth edition, the, whatever the modern card yeah, frame is not like 2004, 2005. Something I don't like that, remember exactly. But I yeah, it's, look it up. Yeah, you're right. You've sucks. got, you've got some legacy power level cards competing with, <laughs> with choke, like choke, whatever yeah. set that's in, Blood I think moon. it's yeah. Which again, they're fine cards, but yeah. whatever, everything forward from there, yeah, is they don't compare very well with Murktide Regent. No, uh, so same thing. I'm just gonna run through these lists. So we've got Bob eighty nine running Amulet Titan. This is Simic Titan, uh, three Secure Tribe out Tribe Scout with four Dryad Arbor or Dryad Elysian Grove. Uh, like realistically, jumping through here, uh, one Scape Shift. So you do have Scapeshift and Valakut. So you kind of have a... You've got the primetime package. You, you have Amulet Titan with a single... I don't know how common it is to see Amulet Titan with a Scape Shift in it. I don't think we see that very often. So sneaking in that one Scape Shift to be able to abuse a Valakut. Unfortunately, to make it really work, you have to have the Dryad. But you definitely could out of nowhere if someone's yeah. got their Dryad out and they you could sneak a Scape Shift in and you know secure potentially well, 20 damage. You've got Summoner's Pack in there, so like... That's kind of that's effectively a dryad, so you basically have eight dryads. That's true. Yeah, if you want to chase down the dryad win, like you if, summoner's pack. If you play got it. escape shift and a yeah, you, uh, t- you totally could a summoner's pack. You could do that. Very There's a lot of situations where cultivator or uh, yeah, that is probably that might be a cleaner win than going for uh, prime time for sure. But after that, I don't see anything in here that's um, exceptional. We do have uh, sun home and slayer stronghold for the prime time component of it to give uh, double strike and basically make it I believe make it a 20 a 10 time yeah. double strike and haste anything else in here you see that <laughs> jumps out at you putting these cards in twice does mess with me four yep. hydroid cr- uh crisis crosses in the side is a lot oh I, three I, engineered explosives or yeah. two engineered explosives yeah it's hard to it's hard to at a glance understand what's going on but yeah then the 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 hydroid crisis is also in there with one island in the side so that's interesting Interesting choice on one island. Yeah. That gotta, feels like we forgot. We forgot a card. Could be. Because you got the Growth Chambers and Teleria West. Yeah, you've got, you've got plenty of blue mana in the mana. And I mean, and you got the Dryad. I guess it does allow you to cast the Dryad or the, the Crassus under through a Blood Moon. Through a Blood Moon. That's a good point. You, you do have an out to, yeah, getting that out through a Blood Moon. Okay, okay, that makes sense. In theory. Yeah. Uh, we've got... Kim Jong Un, which broke through the firewall, got out. Yeah, and by broke through the firewall, I mean literally because it's not like they have internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, with indomitable creativity, uh, but nothing in here that hasn't been in the last couple of weeks. So, full four fable, the mirror breaker, your three archons, your four ren and sixes, and then uh, the indomitables, the, t- the transmogrify, and a couple persists. Yep, seems like they've 
This the, list has uh, kind of honed it. A lot of the lists in modern, uh, we did get a shake. We did get a bit of a shakeup with uh, four color getting banned essentially. Yeah. But uh, a lot of these decks have, uh, much like Legacy, have honed in on a lot of pretty solid lists. Sounds like. Yep. And it looks like the persist is like having a couple. Oh yeah. Has become yep. like the solid like. Yep. Just a little no, back like, door. Yeah. Uh, we got Hammer Time by Dready Bodge. Dready Boz, Dready Badges, whatever. Um, this is Azorius Hammer Time with Spell Pierce. Oddly enough, we're running Azorius for just Spell Pierce in the main. That's it. And then Lavinia and Spell Pierce in the side. So you almost always see these lists splashing into blue. I would say primarily for Reality Chip. Yeah. Reality. Ch- I mean, Spell Pierce is good for sure, but Reality Chip is what gives you the staying power. It gives you the end game, the the long game that Hammer Time does not have. And we're not even running that. So for artifacts, we're just running Paradise Mantle, Shadow Spear, Nettle Cyst, and Cauldra Complete for um, Stoneforge to go get, on top of the hammers, of course. You've got two Blacksmith Skill, one Steel Saber's Gift for some protection spells, and then uh, no Memnites, just Thopters. And then after all that, nothing else that is uh, surprising. I was just, uh, I saw three Sigarda's Aid, and I was like, what the fuck? Three Sigarda's Aid? Never mind. There's there's another one. It just split them up. <laughs> yep. So Kevin Sito, with his take on Amulet Titan, um, which looks almost the same, uh, except we have the Summoner's Pack. We don't have Escape Shift. So we don't we don't have Escape Shift Juke in the main. We just have Amulet Titan. We just have uh, or in the side Hanwar Battle Element Hanwar Battlements and what was it? What's one that pairs with? Or is it just Battle Elements? Doesn't that pair with something? I could have sworn Hanwar, Hanwar Battle Elements paired because that gives it haste. So he's choosing to not run the Sun Forge, whatever, that gives it double strike. But in fairness, if you can land a prime time, give it haste, and get to attack with it, you're probably winning. Because you do have two Valakut and one Vesuva. So you're it's very a, possibly swinging in with three Valakut triggers. Sun, yeah, Sun Fortress. Um, so definitely a, a bit of a different take, but also pretty similar. Like I said, losing that, uh, losing the juke on Escape Shift, and a little different in the mana base, which we've talked with, we've talked quite extensively actually with uh, Emperor about. But anything else in here, jump out. One Hydroid in the main, two Cultivator Colossus going, going twice as deep on that. <laughs> we've got a Respect the Cat running Karuga for Color Elementals. So this is a cool deck. This or a cool deck. This is a cool card. Have you ever seen Karuga the Macro Sage? So he's another companion. Proof that all companions need to be banned. Yeah. So he's a five mana dinosaur simic five four. When he ETBs, you draw a card for each other permanent you control with mana value three or greater. And his companion cost is everything in your deck must cost three or more. So it's kind of like Crashcade, right? Where you're running all the more expensive stuff that you get to cheat out for free. Mm-hmm. So things like Fury, things like Solitude. Uh, dismember, fire and ice, dead and gone, all this kind of stuff that you're cheating Ley on. Leyline binding, leyline binding, touch the spirit realm. Touch the spirit realm allows you to channel for two, and so it's kind of funny. I played uh, Fires of Invention in Standard, and I played Karuga in my as my companion because it's pretty bonkers with it before the especially before the change mm-hmm. when you just play it. For yeah. free. Even with the change, because you don't spend your mana with fires anyway. Right. But I built my deck with a lot of little mini jukes in standard of these cards that have reduced costs. Because people, when you reveal Karuga, a lot of people kind of breathe a sigh of relief. It's like, okay, nothing costs more than three. I can do whatever I want. But in modern, obviously, it's a lot easier to do. You have all these cards that 
technically cost three, but actually don't. Yeah. Leyline Binding, touch spirit, touch the spirit realm, the ability to cheat on mana cost that and get these cards out faster than you should to answer problems. And then Karuga comes in, and if you're just looking for something kind of like Yorion to flicker and gain value, this is definitely value in a different way, but you're just drawing a bunch of fucking cards. Mm-hmm. So other than that, it definitely makes sense to uh, try it out. Clearly it's working somewhat because it top-aided. Yeah, and I mean, I, the big thing there to me is like, this is mostly, like the cards that are doing the heavy lifting here are cards we've seen do a lot of heavy lifting in the past where like Fury, Solitude. Yep. Omnath, Risen Reef. For a three so there's fairy. like the core of a deck. We got three fairy, uh, Fable, the Mirror Breaker. Yep. And then we know in Leyline modern Binding. Leyline Binding. So it's like, not to say that any of those, like anything you said doesn't make sense, but it's just one of those like. This deck is, this is already a pretty well-established deck. Yep. We, and we're we, trying a new, a new um, value engine or value piece in the companion yeah. zone. I'd be curious to see if the pilot here worked back like i could see it going there's obviously a, a like a what's more likely but i could see it yeah. going to did ways they see where karuga? like did they see karuga and want to build a karuga deck or did they see their four color deck and go how do i make four color still right. good like hey i'm actually only a couple cards away from yeah. like i need a replacement so, for yorion something we've kind of noticed which seems far more likely which i called sort of we have not seen much just four color mm-hmm. we don't really see just four color elementals um, I, I, I thought, I felt that, you know, having access to that flicker at the end of the game was pretty huge and a pretty big part of the deck. That was a, that was a lot of value added to it. Case in point, I feel like if you took uh, Yorion out of Death and Taxes and Legacy, the deck gets worse, but not exceptionally worse. Right. It doesn't add a ton to that, where I think it adds a lot to the modern deck for Color Elementals. So it lost its companion. The deck has not shown up nearly as much as we expect. And so I'm not surprised to for see people... For better or worse. <laughs> for better or for worse. So I'm not surprised to see people looking at that and going, well, what companion can I try and make fit there? I have this companion that costs effectively the exact same. Yep. And it does something very similar. Generates advantage in a different way, but, you know... Yeah, I mean, it effectively... Drawing it, cards. like That's that's, a, that's basically what yeah, you're... You're going up on cards. Going up on a lot of cards, too. So next, we've got Nick Norman with Calibrated Blast, this really cool uh, creature in the companion zone called Karuga the Macro Sage. I have no idea why that's there because, like, there's that that has to be there for a juke because you don't cast any of these. These cards are never on the board. None of these permanents are ever on the board. That's in there because this deck didn't have to change anything for it. Yes. At and, least that I can see. And when you sit down. And you, th- someone shows you a Karuga, you're like, you never think throws of chaos. So, well, and just the, it's a good juke. There's going to be times we've talked about it before, where like, so you dome them for twelve. Now what? That's well, true. Now you have a five four. You do have a five four sitting in your companion zone. Sitting you in can the companion just zone. draw lands and play a five four. If they if they sideboard a, just a ton of spell pierces and force negations, you do have a five four. Yep. They, you know, did I tell you? It's all the removal. Did you? You don't watch anything on. YouTube for magic, really. Not Aspiring so Spike tried to see how hard he could break Pioneer if he tried. Mm-hmm. And he found out uh, Tybalt's Trickery. Remember Tybalt's Trickery? Yeah. That card that should not exist. He was like, well, technically, if I can get Stone Coil, uh, the Stone Coil, whatever, the zero mana Stone Coil Serpent. Yeah. And I can Tybalt's Trickery into a uh, Emergent Ultimatum. There is a pile that your opponent 
loses no matter what. There's basically... I, there were three cards that effectively do 10, right? Effectively do 10, yes. No matter what you take, you lose. Yeah. And so we had a whole video where, like, we, we, we brewed this up for fun, and I, des- I decided I was going to play as long as it took to win a game, and then I was just going to post that one game. And then he posted the first game he played because he won the first match he played. Yep. He just got the nuts. It's one of those things where you mulligan until you have land. It's like 39 lands. So you mm-hmm. mulligan to land, land, Tybalt's Trickery, and Stone Coil, Serpent, and, and and one. Then he played a league with a slightly different variant, and he went 3-2. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. Well, the number Pioneer of times doesn't in, have any way to deal no, with that kind of crap. The number, of times in, the number of times in Pioneer that he went on the play, his opponent played a Land of War Elf, and he went, cool, uh, Emergent Ulti- or Ulamog. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or Tarask. Casting the Tarask, so mm-hmm. it has haste and ward 10. Good luck, opponent. Right. So fucking funny. Yeah, that's Pioneer's fucking crazy. Anyway, uh, the reason I remember that is because we were when he was talking about it, he compared that in Pioneer to Throws of Chaos in Modern, where it's this really all-in, do-or-die, a little bit of RNG um, deck. Yeah. That you just you just, you just just win games with. You just, I was talking to Sarah about before I went and played on Saturday. We were talking about, I was talking about consistency of power level, and I was like, you're way better off to go 0-5-5-0 than 3-2-2-3. This is an 0550 list or type of deck. Effectively. These yeah. types of decks, they're probably going to go 50 or 05. It's either going to work or it's not. And that's if you're looking to spike tournaments, that's the way to do it. In a world where Blue Red Delver isn't just the best deck. Right. You should optimize for power level, not necessarily consistency. Well, I mean, if we look, we bring it back to Legacy for just a second, that top eight was basically just combo. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Because it was two Doomsday, two Elves, like what, one control was there two? There's eight cast. Eight cast, which is very synergy, pseudo combo. Infect, which is almost combo. I would say Infect is for sure a combo. Doomsday. Elves, which is very combo y. Yeah, a lot of combo. A lot of optimizing control decks. For power, not for consistency. Uh, But the legacy decks are powerful and consistent. They can be. (laughs) Turns out Brainstorm's a hell of a drug. Uh, these throws of chaos decks are uh, and calibrated the calibrated blast deck. Yeah. But these calibrated blast decks are all about flipping into one of these twelve to fifteen CMC cards and then flashing back calibrated blast to to finish off the game. You Surprisingly know consistent. You were on something very special when you have three Besaju who shelters all in the sideboard. <laughs> yep. You will not counter my calibrated blast. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's funny. You are. Bra- you are playing unfair yeah, magic. They have, t- they have twelve lands in their sideboard. There's oh yeah, that's it. Just so they're and then it's, it's because they're answers that don't get hit by calibrated blast. Yep, man. What's the cr- best thing I can do with a land? Yep. Well, it turns out there's a lot of things you can do with land these days. It turns out lands are just spells, Matt. Did you know that? They are in this sideboard. And bringing it home, not in eighth place, which is the last list we're talking about. Uh, Makia, which I think actually came in second. Yeah. Uh, with the crashing footfalls list. Yes, this came in second. is the standard Crashing Footfalls list for the most part. So we've got uh, Shardless Agent, uh, Brazen Borrower Fury, the spells we kind of expect to see, Fire Ice, Dead and Gone, Valent, Out- or, uh, Valent Outburst. And then we do have four Leyline Binding and two Ardent Plea. So up to six Cascade spells and four Leyline Binding. Other than that, um, there's always definitely some changes. But this isn't like the list we saw last week. The list we saw last week was definitely yeah, a, that was like a four color zoo domain, a four color zoo kind of deck with a uh, with a cascade theme in it. This is definitely cascade with ardent plea and leyline binding. Yeah, the leyline binding in this makes perfect sense to me. Absolutely. 
very easy to fetch into turn two leyline binding. It just fits. It just works so well. It answers every problem you're worried about. The biggest thing it answers, uh, not at flash obviously, but the biggest thing it answers is Teferi. It goes one mana to fairy, then spend three on Charles Agent. Yeah, win the game. Well, and that, just any of the things that say you can't cast your things. Like you're not gonna be like, oh, I need to leyline binding someone's DRC. Yep. You're gonna be like, I want to leyline binding their yeah. chalice, their chalice, <laughs> their void mirror, their Teferi, their Teferi. Whatever says I can't cast my yep. cascade spells. That's what I'm gonna leyline bind. Exactly. Exactly. And it's fast enough to do it. Yep. But I don't see anything in here that's not expected to see in a in a Crashcade deck, really. Yeah, I didn't either. So in a metagame, we've got 11.5% of hammer time, so four decks. Uh, and once again, these numbers, I'm not going to swear by these numbers and their validity. Uh, we do have a fuck ton of one-ups, though, which is kind of cool. Uh, three Merktide Regent, three Indomitable Creativity, three others at 9% each. A uh, couple twos, Amulet Titan, Yogmoth, Burn, and Domain Zoo, six percent each, and then a bunch of bunch of one ups. So a very wide metagame in modern still. It's definitely still well the decks are still pretty solid. I think the metagame is still resolving around the absence of four color control and there's still a lot of things being tried. Yeah. Most played cards. Lightning Bolt, Leyline Binding, number two. Uh the number the one one of the top five uh leyline bindings ever printed. <laughs> what, what was that what was that thing? It was like one of the top, I think it was one of the top five leyline bind, one of the top five bindings ever printed in Might Legacy. Have been top five leylines. One of the top five, yeah, maybe it was like the t- one of the top five leylines ever printed in Legacy. There's a ton of leylines. Yeah, well, there's one very good one. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. Leyline of the Void's very good too. It is true. That is true. Uh, three Esper Sentinel, four Ragavan, and five Stoneforge Mystic. And honestly, anything coming in here and taking out a Modern Horizons two card, I'm happy to see. I guess, even though leyline binding probably is, that card probably shouldn't exist like that. Uh, top creatures: Esper Sentinel, Ragavan, Stoneforge Mystic, Sanctifier, Invect, and Pure Steel Paladin. And top spells: Lightning Bolt, Leyline Binding, Spell Pierce, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, which I now own four of, and Flusterstorm. Alrighty, Matt. Um, we're about <laughs> fuck's sake. We're an hour and twenty minutes in. Well, we did all the we front loaded all. We the did. We 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 actually talked before the podcast for like half an hour too. We just haven't we haven't talked in like a week. We kind of got off our chests. So we can if you want. There's a couple things that have happened. We could do another 20 minutes, or we could wrap it up and uh, save that for the Patreon. What do you prefer? Honestly, the only things I have to say about Magic are negative right now, and it's about it'd be ranting about the 30th anniversary thing. Let's push that to the patrons. And, yeah, I just don't want this episode to be... Like, we had two very good challenges. Yeah, we did. We had good challenges. I would like to go out on a high note. All right, well... If that's the case. If you want to hear us rant, join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. Big shout out to all of our patrons. We really appreciate them. If you want to reach out to us, you can email us at cantripcartel at gmail.com. You can hit up our Facebook group and talk to us. You can go to Twitter and add us at cantrip cartel. You can get on our Instagram and do something on cantrip cartel there. But I think that's everywhere you can talk to us. I think that's everything we wanted to cover today. Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? Nope. All you right. could just ignore all of that and just keep on listening. Then we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Have a nice night, guys. Um, so I will... Uh, I'm going to... How many cards do you have in your hand? Just uh, two. Just two? Okay. I'm going to cast Kroxa. Uh, I'm going to stack the triggers so that you... I want to discard a card first and then I'll sacrifice him. So I'll let you discard a card. Yeah, sure. Okay. Then I'm going to deadly dispute my Kroxa, sacking it, making a treasure, and drawing two cards. Wait. Uh, I'm going to cast Thoughtseize. Cool. Thoughts he's whiffs because the other one was a land. That's okay. Peace of mind is worth two life in a card. 
Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken mat, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting ales, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and ranger scrounge the sylvan libraries, where the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel.